Sachim, Perik Hay, Mishneh Hay, 5 5, and more on the way in which the Korban Pesach was offered. The Mishnah says, Hapesach Nishchat Beshalosh Kitos. The Korban Pesach was offered, really, was slaughtered in three separate groups. Shene'emar, as the Pasuk says, Veshachatu also, and you, plural, shall slaughter it. Kol Kahal Adas Yisrael. All of the community, the congregation of Israel. So since it could have said Kol Kahal, or Kol Kahal, the entire congregation, or it could have said Kol Ha'eda, or Kol, the entire congregation, or people, or Kol Yisrael, all the Jews, etc., each of those three would have been sufficient, but it said all three, Kahal, Ve'eda, Ve'Yisrael, all three things. So we understand there that there should be three separate groups in the offering of the Korban Pesach. Now, the Gemara Megillah establishes that an, an Ada is ten people, and from there we get things like a minion, which needs ten, ten men, etc. We're talking ten men here. So, and that's learned out, the bedrock of that comes from the the ten spies, the Miraglim, who the ten bad spies. So, be this as it may, that means that you need to have ten people in each, like a minion, in other words, in each of these groups. The Gemara, however, raises the question of whether it means three groups of ten men each, or if it means like a especially large group that comprises three minyanim worth of people, meaning 30 people all at once. So, in order to resolve that suffix, the Gemara comes out saying that the way it was done was that each, there are definitely three separate groups, one after the other, after the other, that's going to do the offering of the Korban Pesach, but in each group we'll have a minimum of 30 men. Okay, now, technically speaking, the Gemara speaks out, you could do that with fewer than 90 men total. You could do that with just 50 people, because 50 men, because in the first round you could have the first 30 men. Then for the second kita, the second group, you could have 10 men leave and a new 10 men arrive. So now you're up to 30 plus 10 is 40. And then again, 10 more men leave and 10 more new men come in, bringing you to a total of 50 people used to make three groups of 30 men each. Um, and you're guilty both both approaches. Okay, so fine. Now, the mission continues. Nichnesa kas harbishona. The first group would enter in. Nismales ha'azara. And they would fill up the entire azara. And then na'alu dalsos ha'azara. At that point, they would lock the gates of the azara. The azara is the temple courtyard. If you... I don't have a picture that I can show you that isn't copyrighted by somebody else. But if you've seen any picture of the base of Mikdash, you're looking at the, of the whole thing of, like, say, Bayashani, Second Temple... You're going to look at one of two pictures. Either you're going to look at like this massive open area, which is the whole Har Habayis, which is surrounded by colonnade on all sides. And then inside you have this like skinny rectangular area, which is built up all around. There's like walls, there's buildings, and all sorts of different um, chambers. And in the, I'll call it the back, I mean, in the west side, you have the, the Heichel, the sanctuary, the Kodesh, and Kodesh Kedashim, etc. So we're talking about just that latter part, just the, just the boxed in area. Okay, so the Azar is, is relatively small. It's going to be 135 almost wide, um, and it goes 187 almost deep, meaning east-west, it's 187, north-south, it's 135. Um, the Ezra's Nashim, I'll call it the woman's courtyard, which is the first part you enter into, and which everyone goes into from there, is 135 by 135. I always remember that because once I've been on the Harabai, so when I was there, there was another woman giving a tour, Tother from women, and she said 
the mnemonic is because it says nashim datos kalos hen, and the word kala, which I can't translate exactly right now, um, is um, kuf lamed hey one thirty five. Okay, that's how I always remember it. And now you can too. So they would fill up the azara as many as would be, and then nalu dalsos hazara they lock the door, so people couldn't shove the way in or whatever. No, no one crushing the way in. There is another gear said that it's not na'alu, they locked, rather nin'alu. It was locked, it's a nifa, like a passive construction, meaning that it was done by nace, miraculously the door was locked. Um, but most gear cells, and the one I have in front of me, says na'alu, they locked the doors. Now, the next sentence is taku hariu vataku. They would um, blow the trumpets, a takia, that's like takia, like a shofar, a long blast, then a terua, the shorter blast, and takia, one long blast again. Um, and that was how they offered every korban sibur, every communal offering was done in such a way that while it was being offered, the kohan would play the would play the chatzotros, the trumpets, and the levium would be singing. Now, just fascinating to point out that we're treating the korban pesach as a korban sibur, as a communal offering. Normally, korban sibur, the communal offerings are like a single animal, like one chatas or one, you know, as broad as like a musaf or whatever, the like a, a the daily offerings of the Tamidin, etc. It's a single offering, a single animal for the on the benefit of the the whole nation. Here, we're treating the Korban Pesach, although it's hundreds of people bringing separate animals, as a Korban Sibur, as a national offering. The reason why is because since the entire nation's obligated to bring one, and the spirit, the conceptual spirit of the Korban Pesach is that it's um, the nation expressing their unity as a nation. And just sort of, if you will, impractical for all everyone to both bring a single offering and feel that they're not just spectators but actually participants in the offering here we want everyone to actually be a participant remember even if you're not the one who's doing the actual shrita the slaughtering or whatever of the of the animal you're certainly participating in the chila every participant must eat a kazais as you said before a part of the korban so everyone participates in the korban pesach and so i'll call it for practical purposes we have you know multiple animals being brought but conceptually it's like one offering on behalf of the entire nation korban pesach Okay, Hakohanim omdim shuros The Kohanim would stand in lines. Now, what's what's getting set up over here is something like an assembly line. You know, they say that it was Henry Ford, not a friend of the Jews, for the record. Henry Ford who who um who invented the assembly line. False. Here you go, the assembly line working, like the the bucket brigade. You know, to to put out a campfire or something like that. What happens is they were standing in long lines, um, and they had to be very efficient here. The idea is that. Just, just remember, you have a very short window of time. You're talking in the afternoon of the 14th. It's it's Leil HaSeder, and you have to bring the korban. You'll have to have off the korban. The murm have to come out. You have to clean it, to bring it home, roast it. All that has to happen, um, all still today, Arab Pesach. And you have three groups. You could be the third group. You could be the, in the last hour so that it's done. So it's really quite rushed. So they make it efficient, and therefore they have Kohanim standing in, in rows. will be Adehem, Bezichei, Chesef, Bezichei, Zav. They had these things called bazich in their hands. A, a bazich, normally bazich is referring to the little kind of like, they're cups on a stick, if you will. Um, and they were, the bazich held levona, the frankincense, on the lechem upon him. Normally when you refer to the cup on a stick that is used to apply the blood on the mezbech, you call it a mazrek, I believe. Here they're called bazichin. I'm not perfectly sure what's happening, what the difference exactly was. I see in the picture books, some of the picture books have a very rudimentary picture, look kind of like a cone, and then with like a simple handle, like a like a, just a round handle touching it, kind of looks like a megaphone you blow on like in a 
camp or something like that. Um, no, I don't think that's a good picture. I think the picture that you want to see are the pictures that show it as like a, again, a cone, if you will, where the cup is to receive the blood, but then a long stick of a handle coming out of it. That stick's going to be big enough to fit, you know, comfortably fit two hands because you're going to see the kohanim are handing them back and forth one to the next. Okay, so cup on an elongated stick it resembles more like a blown up teaspoon than it does a cup, if you know what I mean by that. Um, it's a long stick with a cup to hold. And they were gold and silver. Bezichei chesef is silver ones. Bezichei zahav are golden ones. Shura shakula kesef kesef. Veshura shakula zahav zahav. Lo hayuma oravin. Even though they had some silver and some gold bezichin that they used um, to catch and convey the blood onto the altar, so they didn't mix up the gold and silver. For the sake of hither mitzvah, so it should be beautiful, they kept the row separate. You'd have a whole golden row and a whole silver row, so it would look beautiful and orderly. And um, the aesthetic was important for the fulfillment of the mitzvah in its ideal way. Okay. Lo hayu lebazichin shulayim. Now, these bazichin, these cups on sticks, didn't have a flat base. And the reason why is, shema yanichum, lest someone put the cup down for a minute and it's left there. V'yikrash hadam, and the blood inside of the bazich, inside of that cup, um, will coagulate. And if it coagulates, you can't apply it anymore to the mezbeach. So we're afraid of that. Instead, it's on a stick, so people keep on holding it and moving it around um, the whole time. And while it's agitated, it won't coagulate till it gets to the mezbeach. Okay, more on the procedure and how this played itself out in the next Mishnah.